Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks underneath her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, I tell you. You will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Today, we declare that in a world that prefers the false security of violent power, Jesus invites us to the true security of vulnerable love. There was a man, you've probably heard of him, maybe you've seen the movie based on his life, but April 1st, 1942, Desmond Doss joined the United States Army, and three and a half years later, he was standing on the White House lawn receiving one of the nation's highest awards for bravery and courage. He had rescued men in, from death during World War II. Desmond Doss was a committed pacifist, but he, uh, during World War II, he was, uh, couldn't stand what he was seeing as Hitler and his forces were overtaking the world, and he wanted to step against violence and evil that he saw being perpetuated in the world without taking up the weapons of violence. And so he wanted to join, he enlisted as a medic, refusing to carry weapons. The only thing he would carry was a Bible and a medic kit. And so he enlisted, he goes through basic training, and the men that he, his fellow soldiers, hated him because they did not trust him because he would not pick up a weapon. And they thought, we are going to die. You're going to get us killed. And they would beat him up, beat him bloody. Several times he was beaten with an inch of his life. Then the um, upper echelons of the military, right, wanted him to be kicked out. They tried to get him, I don't know if the term is court-martialed or not, but uh, taken out of the military. And he was put on trial saying, we're not going to let you go to war unless you pick up a gun. And at his hearing, the general said, his officer said, Desmond Doss, we have found and we are willing to let you run into the hellfire of battle without any weapons to protect yourself. And he was allowed to go with his troop. And so he is sent with his uh, troop to Okinawa, Japan. And it's one of the ugliest battles uh, of World War II. It, the movie Hacksaw Ridge is based off this. This is a ridge that just goes straight up. And in order to go and to fight on the battlefield, they had to climb a rope ladder up this cliff. And the Japanese were just waiting for them with guns and artillery fire, and as they would come up, they would just get mowed down. They were just being slaughtered. They were losing. Incredibly. And the battle just wore on, and more and more men are just going up, and uh, they are all, you know, trying to 
fight one another with these weapons of violence, and they are being destroyed. They're killing each other. And Desmond, Das, towards the end of the day, um, they're going to retreat, and they do retreat. But there's hundreds and hundreds of soldiers left dying on the ground, having been shot, stabbed, wounded, blown up. And Desmond says, I have to go after my men. And he goes at night. He climbs up this rope ladder and goes into the bullet sprays, into the artillery fire, goes without weapon, charging in and grabbing one soldier at a time and dragging him to safety, lowering him down this ridge. He did this over and over again all night, each time saying a prayer as he recounted it. Lord, one more, please. Help me get one more. And he would go back under enemy fire, grab another soldier, and drag him back. By the early morning hours, uh, Desmond was exhausted. His commanding officer made him stop. And it had been discovered that he had saved over 75 men from being dying, left to dead on this battlefield. Do a thought experiment with me for a minute. Imagine Desmond going unarmed up this cliff, going behind enemy lines into the spray of bullets and artillery fire, coming upon a wounded soldier being left for dead, bleeding out, and as he's about to grab him, to rescue him and drag him into safety, the soldier, the wounded soldier says, no, what are you, crazy? You're going to get us killed. You don't have any weapons. You're going to get us killed. Leave me alone. Get out of here. And he refuses the rescue. And imagine every single person that he goes to to try to save refuses his rescue, refuses his offer of help. This is the context that we find ourselves in, really. This is a picture of our world. Jesus, like Desmond Doss, comes into the world being destroyed by the weapons of violence and coercive power. He comes refusing to fight violence with the weapons of violence, with the weapons of power. He comes unarmed, and he runs into the battle, towards the carnage, towards the bullets, towards the artillery, artillery firing. And he's vulnerably seeking and saving the loss, the loss and the wounded. And our world is killing itself, thinking that we are going to save the world and fight violence with violence and fight power with power. And we're killing ourselves. Right? We prefer the false security of violent power over the vulnerable love that God extends to us. And it has been and continues to be our destruction. But in a world that prefers this false security of violent power, Jesus steps in and he invites us to this vulnerable, this true security of vulnerable love. 
I want to look at Luke 13 a little bit more closely and provide some context here. Luke 13, verse 31, Jesus has his face set to Jerusalem, and that's where he's going to die. But uh, in the Gospels, you have uh, a choice, a contrast made between two kinds of kings. This is really a theme in, in uh, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And especially in Luke, there's a contrast between two kinds of kings. King Herod and King Jesus. A fox and a hen. If you remember, Jesus calls Herod a fox and likens himself to a hen. Herod is a fox. He's strong, he's cunning, he has claws, he has fangs, he kills and he eats hens for breakfast, right? That's what foxes do. He rules by means of violent control, coercion, and power. He is a puppet of the Roman Empire, and he is propped up, he is supported, he is controlled by Rome, and his job is to keep Israel down. And Herod is a position, all right? So the, the father of the guy that's interacting with Jesus right now, who's got a death threat, put the death threat on Jesus' life, the father, Herod the Great, is the guy who's in power when Jesus is born. Right? In a manger, right? And what happens? What does Herod do? He freaks out. He hears this baby is born and there's these prophecies that he is the king, the true king. And so Herod, what's he have done? He has, I'm hearing it. He has every, what was that, Ava? I'm thinking you said he had every two-year-old, uh, every boy two-year-old and under killed in search of Jesus. This is the fox. This is Herod. This is the coercive power and violence by which he rules. And now this Herod, Herod Agrippa, is the one who's got a death threat out on Jesus' life. He's the one who killed John the Baptist. He had him beheaded. So they rule by violence. They rule by oppressive power. And Jesus is the other king. Jesus is like a mother hen. Jesus has no fangs, he has no claws, he has no armor. All he has is an unstoppable, unbreakable, un, uh, a relentless, self-sacrificial love that is willing to shield his people with his very own body. It's the vulnerable love of a hen. He comes as a baby, not as an emperor. He comes as an Israelite, not a Roman official. He comes hanging out with the weak and the sick and the unwanted, the least, the last, the left out, the left behind. He comes and he lives life with them and among them as one of them. And so we have a choice in the Gospels. We're given a choice between these two kings. And the choice is presented to the audience of the Gospels. Which king will you serve? Which king will you trust to protect you in your life? And the tragedy of the Gospels, the tragedy of Israel, and the tragedy of human history is that we choose Herod. We choose the false security of violent and coercive power over the true security of vulnerable love. 
I think we see this in our life. Uh, the other day, I or not, uh, man, it was probably two or three years ago, I was actually going to get my car washed, and I totally cut a guy off to get there. It was unintentional, but I totally cut him off. And it was a little awkward, because we ended up going to the same car wash. And so I am in the line, and you know road rage. You know the tension that builds up there, and he's coming towards me, and I'm like, oh man. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. You know, I'm getting ready for a confrontation. I'm getting ready for like, man, he's, he, this is, uh, I can feel kind of anger and defensiveness and, and threats, you know, rise up in me. And he comes and he's like, hey, man, like, hey. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but you kind of, you cut me off. I was just wondering if you could just tell me a little bit, like, why that was. Like, he was very directly He was like, just tell me about that. Like, did you not see me? Or is there, like, a blind spot in your car? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I just didn't see you. I'm sorry. He's like, no problem, man. I just wanted to work that out. Like, he was super kind. But, man, totally not what we expect. And notice the way that I, what I'm preparing for. I am preparing to trust in the false security of violent and coercive power. To like puff up my chest and be like, all right, oh man, what's going to happen? And he totally diffused it. He totally diffused it. We have this tendency to trust and to uh, want to defend ourselves and to seek security in, in the world's way of protecting itself. So Jesus doesn't do this, but we choose the other way. Now look, notice in verses 31 through 33, notice how Jesus' love, though it's vulnerable, it is not passive. Though Jesus' love is vulnerable, it is not passive. It is very, very active. It is relentless. It's not passive. It is relentless. He goes, what happens in the face of this death death threat? He says, you tell Herod, you tell that fox, I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep on casting out the demons of empire and bringing healing to the wounds inflicted by oppression, by evil. And I'm going to keep doing this today, tomorrow, and the third day until I become a victim of violent empire, until I can accomplish my purpose, until the third day. And then he repeats it again in the next verse. He says, I am going to Jerusalem, where every other single prophet of God's vulnerable love has met his death. So you notice that though God's love is vulnerable, it is not passive, it is relentless. He turns towards the threat And he confronts and speaks truth to power. And he says, Herod wants to kill me? You tell that fox, I'm coming to him. I'm coming to him. Just like Desmond Doss, right? I'm climbing up the wall. And I'm going into the spray of bullets and artillery fire. And I am grabbing one and bringing him to safety. And one more today, tomorrow, and the third day until I accomplish my purpose. That's the vulnerable love of God in Jesus. 
if you would go to um, the next verse here, 34. Let me get my notes here because my iPad went down. Isn't that fun? So... See if I can read this here. Ah, yes. I'm glad I looked at this. Okay, good. So, Jesus does not choose the way of retreat. He's not passive. He doesn't run from evil, but he confronts it, refusing to take up the weapons of evil. And what this reminds me of is Martin Luther King Jr. in in Selma, Alabama, when he links arms, and I've got a picture of this, he links arms with fellow African-Americans and other uh, those who stood in solidarity with him, and they marched across this bridge in Selma, Alabama. And do you know what was awaiting them on the other side? Is it up there? That's cool. He's just imagining. They're linked up, and they walk peacefully, but not passively. Strong, not weak. Into police on horses with clubs, police with dogs, and they walk straight into biting dogs, beat clubs, hitting them in the head and in the face. Well, you two would write a song called Bloody Sunday, inspired by this. Now, they, who was victorious on this day, as they linked arms and went into the face of power? And got bloody. They stood against the evil power, the violent power. And they refused to to be passive and to let that power overwhelm them. They were bloody, but they were victorious. That's the picture of this vulnerable love. It's not passive. It's vulnerable, but it's also relentless. So in the world that prefers... The security, the false security of violent power. Jesus invites us to the true security, the vulnerable love. We struggle with this, and so did the Israelites. Look at the last verse. Jesus says in verse 34b, How long I have longed to gather you together as a chick gathers her chick, as a hen gathers her chicks underneath her wings. But you would not come. Chose Herod over the hen. We, I don't know about you, but I resonate with this, right? Because look, if a fox is coming after me, do I want the protection of a hen? I don't, do I? That's not very comforting. Who are our mascots in sports? Tigers, lions, tigers, bears, oh my, right? There's no mighty chickens. There's mighty ducks. But there's no chicken mascots. We're not like getting really riled up. Like, okay, I'm the mighty chicken. Yeah, hear me. You know? No. If I am being faced with a fox, I am not going to trust in a hen. Right? Look at our... Our superheroes, our culture is so, we are so bought into the false security of violent power. Our superheroes are strong, they're mighty, they use, 
They've got powerful guns and power, superful superpowers that they use to overwhelm the violent power. But that's not the approach of Jesus. He comes as a hen, not as a fox. It's interesting, as we look at kind of Christian culture, what kind of images do we put on our Christian swag, right? If you go to Bibles Plus, what kind of t-shirt are you going to find there? Lord's Gym. Jesus is like, woo, doing a push-up with a cross on his back, right? He's got boxing gloves. He's like, yeah, on the third day I'm rising up. Boom, 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 right? We've got the Lion of Judah. The Lion of Judah is our favorite mascot, our favorite image of Jesus, right? Let me tell you something. Uh, the Lion of Judah in Revelation shows up once as an image of Jesus. It's the very beginning. The image and depiction of Jesus as a lamb slain 24 times in 21 chapters. I don't see a lot of t-shirts with a slain lamb. See, we, our superhero is a hen, not a fox. Our superhero is a lamb with his throat slit, not a lion with fangs and claws. That's the vulnerable love of God. That's the true, that's where true security is found. I struggle with this. Oh, man, thanks, man. <laughs> I, I struggle with this. I, as you know, as you know, I, I am committed. I just see in the way of Jesus this, this nonviolent action, right? It's not passivity, but it's pass. It's, it's peace-loving. It's, peace, it's active for peace. It's, it's vulnerable, but not passive. It's vulnerable and relentless. It goes forward. It, refu- it fights evil, but refuses to use the weapons of evil. But, so I'm committed to this intellectually, but I'll tell you what, as soon as I hear a sound uh, that sounds like someone's coming into my house, where am I going? I'm going, the fox in me rises up, and I want to go get that back. And I want to go, I'm like, where's that, where, what, what's the blunt object I can just, and you know what, my, how my imagination is formed? Like, you know, we're in, we're in our neighborhood, and I think about it, like, okay, I play out scenarios, and in every scenario where I'm threatened, like, my imagination automatically goes to, like, you know, like, just, like, taking things down, like, trying to figure out where's something sharp, where's a club, how can I do this, because... My imagination is formed by coercive violence. I, I naturally trust in the false security of violent power to fight violent power. But that's not the way of Jesus. That's not what he's called us to. Because in the end, it doesn't work. It is our desolation, as Jesus says. Your house will be empty. This comes true in AD 70. Jerusalem is wiped out by the Roman Empire because they take up arms to go against them. That's the fulfillment of the prophecy. Whoops. The fulfillment of the prophecy that Jesus makes. And this is a repeated cycle throughout history. We trust in the false security of violent power. But Jesus stands and he offers us true security in the vulnerable love of a mother hen. So I want to ask you a question. And we're going to have an opportunity to respond to this. The question is, 
um, when, when um, have you preferred and identified with the chicks needing protection and care, but perhaps being unwilling to receive it? When in your life, what area of your life can you identify with the chicks? Can you identify with Jerusalem? Who the invitation to come underneath the vulnerable love and protection of, of God is there, but but you resist, right? You're unwilling to receive it because you don't trust it. You might be like that soldier wounded and bloodied, but you don't think that we're gonna make it to the other side without a, without the weapons of coercive power. And so you refuse it. I think we, we see this just to kind of stimulate your imagination and how this might be. I gave you that car wash example. But I think, I think violence and, and coercive power uh, rise up in us in our, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our parenting. I mean, how many times have, have, have I felt like out of control, my kids are out of control, and I want, I want them to obey, and they're like flipping out. And my tendency is like, just like grab like, right? like to overpower them. To control them, to grab them on the shoulder and just like, stop it, you know? And we default to power, overpowering, and to controlling. That's in us. The fox rises up. Or when you're in an argument with your spouse, right? Why? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've told you this before. Uh, I don't know if any of you else, like, just to start, instead of many of us um, resist, like, actually hitting people, but what we do instead is like, we're like, I'm not going to hit you, but I'm going to hit the bed, or I'm going to hit the pillow, or I'm going to hit the wall. Violence lives in us. We feel like we have to get bigger, swell up, and confront and resist power with more power like this. So where in your life, what area of your life do you find yourself trusting that false security that destructive security of violent power rather than coming underneath the true security of the vulnerable love of Jesus. We're going to sing a few more songs. And uh, after this first song, um, you have the chance to respond. Could you go to the gospel response there? I just want you to think about what areas in your life that you tend to trust and the false security of violent power. And this is a prayer we'll choose, we'll pray together. In a world that prefers the false security of violent power, I choose the true security of your vulnerable love. In blank, in my marriage, in my work, in my voting, in my whatever, may I come under your wings and trust your love.